Hey friends, this is Marsha Epstein and this is Talk With Me coming to you from Lawrence, Kansas, wherever you are. I'm always excited to get to do this. This has been one of the most fun things I've done in the past, and I'm going to say it's seven years, <laughs> is recording these podcasts and it got even better over time. So I am here in Lawrence, Kansas, where it's gray and chilly, yet it hasn't been cold enough for allergies to stop. So excuse me if you wonder if I'm blowing my nose because it could happen. <laughs> and also today, because I am using the tech partnership with Zoom to record this, which means keeping it simple, um, I'm not using my mic and headphones because today's show is going to include some music, some that's going to come through technology in terms of open Spotify and some that's gonna come from my guest at his location. So I'm super excited about this. I, I always ramble some before I start, but this is an opportunity. This, this, is, this goes way back and into the future, right? Because my original connection with this guest today comes through both of us having the experience of being part of the 24-hour counseling center in Lawrence, Kansas, um, headquarters counseling center. So it goes way back, way back, way back. And there'll be probably a story or two or more that get shared about old days as well as newer days. Um, I have a painting that I love that is in my living room by this person. And I'm sitting here with his newest CD in front of me. Um, so music and visual art and conversation in some ways that will be part of this broadcast today, which is really cool. So I get to introduce my guest today, David Kreiner, coming to us from Chicago. Hey, David, so great to see you. Yeah, nice to see you again, Marcia. It's really exciting. And, and although we don't, we don't, the podcast doesn't show the visual, you know, I get to see you sitting with the backdrop of one of your amazing paintings right behind you. Yeah, that's true. That is, that is one of my paintings. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So I would like you to give a little background about who you are, just a few tidbits for people to know. And of course, in the, the social media stuff, we'll have the link to your website and other kinds of things. But what's a little bit that you would like people to know about you? Well, I'm an artist and I find myself working across a couple of mediums. My, um, most of my formal training though is in painting. So I studied painting at the University of Illinois and then I ended up in graduate school at University of Kansas in the 90s and got an MFA in painting and went on to live in a couple places before winding up here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Been here for 20 years now. Yeah. And, um, so painting, I kind of see that as maybe the foundation, but I've always, I've always played music too. And then as of about oh, 15 years ago, I really started writing a lot of music. When I write music, I've grown to kind of see the process similar to the painting 
process where it's as though the two things seem to come from the same place. Um, as a painter, you can, you can see this behind you. I know the, the listeners can't see this at all, but if they could, they might know that I have a tendency to uh, make things up as I go along, improvise, start without a goal, start without a plan. That's how my paintings begin. And that's how the, the music gets written too. So if it's music, it might start with just like some kind of repetitive riff, some kind of sound. If it's a painting, it might start with a few splashes of color, some very abstract marks, maybe even some drips, something like that. Whether I'm on my guitar or whether I'm in my painting studio, I kind of see my job at that point as to just sort of listen or watch and see what happens. And usually at first, like if I'm in my studio, maybe in the first hour or two of working, I don't see anything interesting happening. Not really. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's enjoyable, it's pleasurable, but uh, the results are not particularly interesting to me usually. Hmm. But then almost inevitably at a certain point when I least expect it, I'll see something in front of me and it'll be like, oh, okay, that, that is kind of interesting to me. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that you know, transpired or what I did exactly, but those two colors or those patches or whatever it is, th those are kind of interesting to me. It's the same thing with the music. The writing of the music comes about in a very similar way. It's not like I sit down and I say, I'm going to write a song about something, I don't know, love or uh, whatever. Um, it doesn't start like that at all. It just starts with some kind of sort of noodling or uh, pecking about on the mm -hmm. strings. Mm -hmm. And yeah, a lot of the time it doesn't really lead anywhere. You might even think of it as kind of like panning for gold where you just get in and you do it. And it's pleasurable whether you find the gold or not. Um, and most of the times you don't find the gold. Of course, when you do find the gold, that's fantastic. <laughs> With the social media post, of course, we'll, we will include a link to your website and also some images of some recent paintings. I know that for me with the paintings, the rich and varied colors that you use, you know, th that is something that really draws me in. And I think about the time, this four years that's gotten harder and harder in the world and our country and for our earth. And, and there's to me joy in seeing those beautiful colors which are nature colors. You know, I can look at, I look at the painting behind you and, and colors that could be sky colors and, and flower colors and plant colors and, you know, all kinds of colors that occur in nature and, and a range of colors, it's beautiful. And I know I also got drawn in when I was, I was looking at something that you posted on facial, excuse me, social media 
about one of your art exhibits and I was paying more attention to the name, uh, both of that particular exhibit and individual pieces. And so I, I have this, you know, as I've listened to you, you're talking about you're creating your work and it, it, from my perspective, it just comes through you. You don't know what's gonna happen until you get farther into it. You know, it, it makes me think about what are some of the things that influence you as a person? Because I do see it as your heart, your being that comes forth in both your music and your painting. Yeah, let me see if I can try to answer that. That was, that was kind of a long, long week. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let me start by saying this. I, I see making art ultimately as a celebratory act. And uh, for me, ultimately the celebration boils down to a response to the fact that I'm alive, conscious here, and seems as though some kind of spirit moves as part of me. Um, I think that's what keeps recurring with the work. That's what keeps kind of coming up as I tool around in my studio or noodle on my guitar. Um, you use the word influences. I've certainly been influenced by other artists. I don't see myself as an outsider, really. Like I said um, a few minutes ago, I went through a you know, formal college level education program in fine art. Um, the music I'm a little less formally educated in, but there are certainly influences both in terms of the painting and the music. The painting, I really kind of got into abstract expressionist painters when I was in my 20s and really kind of saw myself trying to emulate them or follow in their footsteps in some way. And when I was about 21, 22, I discovered the work of Robert Rauschenberg. And he was amazing to me because he would combine painterly elements with found objects. And so that kind of opened a door for me in terms of using collage like that piece that you're looking at in your home right now, Marsha, I know it has some collage elements. Yes. Well, you could probably partially thank Robert Rauschenberg for that. And, um, and I'm gonna interrupt you right there because <laughs> one of my memories of you from back in the day when you were uh, working, volunteering as a counselor at the center and, and doing your work as a, an artist was visiting your studio and, and your studio, which I think was in downtown. Yeah. I forgot that you visited my yes. studio. Yes, 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 I visited your studio. And which one was it? Do you remember where it was located? I'm, I'm gonna guess it was like someplace down, downtown, maybe on New Hampshire Street or something. Oh uh, yes, it was on New Hampshire. Okay, okay. So this is in downtown Lawrence and it would be above some some building, some uh, business, you know, that, that's- yeah, that's I remember where, it very well. Yeah, downtown Lawrence. And, and there was 
there were, it was just this whole room, this whole studio full of materials to potentially become parts of your art. And that, that, that's yeah. my image is like, like entering into a collage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that studio and um, it, was, it was a place where um, I made a lot of discoveries, I think. When I was in that studio, I was actually not a student. Oh. I, and I had been a student for, I think a year and a half at KU in the MFA program. And then I dropped out for a little bit. And that's when I had that space. And eventually I went back into the program and finished it up and got the degree. Okay. But for a while I was kind of on my own there and okay. it was exciting. Uh-huh. It was exciting for a lot of reasons. I mean, for one thing, there was no heat in the building. <laughs> I seeing my breath in the morning <laughs> as I, you know, squeeze paint out of the tubes and that kind of thing. The life. No, it was exciting. It was exciting because I, I felt like I was kind of on my own. I felt like I was an artist that wasn't so much uh, being, you know, monitored and, and um, watched by teachers and, and part of a program. I kind of felt like I was on an adventure, let's put it that way. So that's an interesting thing to think about some people I know who also create visual art. That, that ability to move away from the full-time being critiqued and, and sort of led to have certain yeah. experiences to do it on your own. And, and I'm just thinking for people who like, who are we talking to? Um, I don't always remember to do this, but so, so you are David Kreiner now and you were David Kreiner then. <laughs> well, I, I hope so. <laughs> I, I mean, I've probably morphed and changed in some ways, but I'm I still certain. go by the same name. <laughs> And I also want to bring in, although I've never met your wife, you're a two artist uh, adult household. <laughs> yeah, Margie Kreiner is my wife. Uh -huh. She's an artist. She works largely in miniatures. Um, that's that's kind of a funny thing to say, isn't it? I just I didn't mean to say that. She she works mostly in miniatures. <laughs> and um, you're not a miniature. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm life size, <laughs> but she works in miniature. She makes like little houses and little stereo components and uh, guitar amplifiers, wow. all that are a, a, a fraction of their actual size. Mm -hmm. And she's been doing this kind of thing now for a few years. Uh, she's got a business called the Itty Bitty Mini Mart. <laughs> out of Chicago here. Um, she's packed with orders right now. She can't keep up. That's, that's the biggest problem. So since she did the cover art for your new CD, Sun Cycle, um, tell me well, about that. I, I, I kind of, we did it together. Okay, well, yeah. we did it together. So was it done in miniature? <laughs> That, that was kind of a popular thing. I remember in like the early 2000s, there were, I can think of specific record album covers that would have 
like miniature toys, figurines, photographed in such a way as to make them appear large or enormous. Uh -huh. uh, Yola Tango had a, an album cover, I think, that took that approach. A few other artists in the time. But uh, anyway, I'm going off on a tangent here, I think. Okay. <laughs> Can you reel us in? <laughs> well, I'm the one who took you there because I was wondering if there was a miniature influence on the Sun Cycle album cover art. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, the, the cover that you're looking at right there, the waterfall, uh -huh. that's actually a detail from one of my paintings. Okay. okay. Yeah, so that's a zoomed in detail okay. of a, an element that was collaged and then sort of augmented in some ways with paint. Okay. Because yeah. after you said miniatures, I thought, well, this beautiful image could in fact be a tiny speck of a rock, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, in a way it kind of is a miniature because the detail from the painting is only a few inches across. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to an actual waterfall, which might be, you know, several hundred feet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Very All right, so I'm starting to get on board with this, Marcia. <laughs> This is how I do my show. That's why it's fun for me. <laughs> and I hope it's a lot of fun for people listening because it's, you know, we, we need those, those interactions. We need to laugh. We need to, to think about things. We need to be surprised sometimes. And so there you go. Um, and people go, wait, she's kind of a therapist. I wonder what she does there. <laughs> anyway, so we were talking about influences and Actually, when I asked about influences, I also mean on a really personal level uh, about who you are as a person, not only who you are as an artist. And I realize those are, you are both, you know, you and being an artist is who you are. Yeah, I mean, I guess the first thing that comes to mind would be some of the teachers that I had, mm -hmm. particularly at the college level. Mm -hmm. um, and there were several of them. Mm -hmm. both at University of Illinois and at University of Kansas. Who, okay, let me ask a more direct question because you're still in your, in your art head. <laughs> well, what, what do you mean there? I want to get to you, your heart, your being, your way of being in the world, your values about humanity, things like that. Like what, what kind of influences are there on that level? <clears throat> you know, I, I can glimpse things when I look at your Facebook pages, different kinds of messages that you might post. Um, from ancient philosophers or whatever. And I, and I really am wondering, you know, because for me... Well, you're wondering like where I'm coming at from a philosophical perspective? You could use that philosophical, spiritual, whatever, whatever word resonates for you. All right, well, let me, let me take a stab at that one, Marcia. Okay. So I, I've kind of thought about this for a while. I used to um, really be into astronomy as a, as a kid, like a pretty little kid, like a 10 year old or something like that. I had one of those star charts and I'd go out into the yard at night and try to find constellations and planets and things like that. And I, mm -hmm. I kept hoping to see a UFO. I was sure I'd see one eventually. And I yeah. thought one night that I did, I don't know if it was an actual, you know, spacecraft, you know, like, like you saw on the news the other day or, or maybe it was just a satellite or something. But anyway, I was really into that. And, and I 
thought a lot about uh, space and astronomy and um, what the universe is a, apparently made up of. And if we listen to what the scientists are telling us, um, the vast majority of the known universe is made up of, of emptiness, or at least something that could not be categorized easily as matter. And, um, and then even among that, um, the parts that might consist of matter uh, how much is living matter? Well, I think we start to get to a point where what we understand is that living material or, or even conscious material, if we want to go that far, is extremely, extremely, extremely rare. And so with that in mind, um, it strikes me as utterly phenomenal that I'm here right now talking, thinking, hearing sounds, seeing things, breathing, um, feeling in my body, uh, all those things, consciousness basically. To me it's miraculous and um, you know I think to myself what are the odds that I ended up as this conscious entity and not just some collection of dust particles somewhere. Because I, I, I tend to distinguish myself from like a, a pile of dust. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Even though, as we know, some of those piles of dust come from us, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and eventually I'll, I'll become that pile of dust again. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, but in the meantime, it seems like there's something very special going on. Yeah, yeah. And and my my way of my response to your visual art, which I've seen more of through images, that and then recently your your uh, musical art, is to me again. There's a lot of of humanity, of love, connection, of I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, there's a lot of, uh, <clears throat> to me, heart, a lot of warmth, which isn't in all kinds of art. Well, if you take the longer or the larger view, and I'm not saying that I take it all the time either. Don't, don't give that impression. Like what I just told you is yeah. something that I've had time to think about, yeah. but it's not something that's constantly at the forefront of my brain. Mm -hmm. um, what I was gonna say though, is if you, if you get to the point where you see yourself as conscious and uh, you realize how rare that is, and then you come into contact with other beings who have a, this almost identical or extremely similar form of consciousness, well, then you, you begin to feel a connection with others, maybe that, that wouldn't have been there otherwise. Mm -hmm. Connection is, is so important and it's sadly something that I think a lot of people are lacking 
yeah in general as well as even more so um, in the past four years so I think now would be a lovely time to share some of your music since oh people oh, okay. listening yeah. to us can right. only hear not see um, and it looks like you are going to play live right now yeah I'd be happy to um, just a little bit of a tuning up here first I would hate to play my guitar not in tune right my guitar would probably not like that either um, so this first song that I want to play is from an album that I put out in 2017 and it's called The Journey
That's beautiful. And thank you, Marcia. That particular piece, um, when you were talking earlier about how you start a painting or you start a piece of music, um, in some sense, that particular piece demonstrates that because of that transition from the beginning as you get farther into the journey, which makes sense for the, the title as well, but that, that change in the, the sound of the music as you move forward after the beginning. That was wonderful. Thank you. You are welcome. Do you sometimes play music at your art exhibits? When you I do have. Yeah, I started doing that about five years ago. Uh -huh. And um, I try to do it whenever I have the opportunity now. Of course, those opportunities have been rather scant in the past mm -hmm. several months. Mm -hmm. But I do have um, a show coming up in March with my wife, Margie. She and I are showing at Oliva Gallery here in Chicago. And um, maybe there'll be a point where we do something like that again uh -huh. with the music and all, so. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. It'll happen eventually. Yeah. I can imagine certain pieces being, certain pieces of music being particularly complementary to certain pieces of art. And that's, that was part of what was kind of occurring to me is, is what your visual, if you have, do you have a visual at some point as you're creating the song? Is there also a, a visual? Uh, there often is, yeah. Uh, yeah, there often is. And so lately I've started to make videos that go with some of the songs. Mm -hmm. And the videos um, usually include a variety of uh, visual sources. So some of it will be footage that I just take with a camera myself. Mm -hmm. And then I'll also find footage sometimes on public domain sources, mm -hmm. on the internet and that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, splice things together. It's been my new hobby to mm -hmm. uh, make music videos. It's what I wanted to do as a high school student, actually. And now I'm finally doing it. <laughs> <laughs> now you can, because you want to and you can. Well, it's a lot easier now. Everybody has a camera. Everybody yeah. has a program, you know, like, what is it, iMovie or, you know, where you can, um, you know, become this yeah. film editor yourself. Yeah. When I was in high school and I thought, okay, I want to make music videos. I think the reason I never pursued it is I, I had absolutely no idea how you would even begin. Yeah. I had no idea who you would talk to or what kind of, you know, where you'd get that kind of equipment or yeah. how you'd even start. And, and I think when I was in college, I don't remember there being a, a program that was uh, relegated to that. Yeah. Either. Yeah, and as you say that, I, I wanna share an experience that relates to music and the visuals. Um, when you and I were talking before we started recording, I said, you know, I, I've had some experience using the screen sharing to play sound. And recently for an annual event that I, that I host, that this year of course was virtual, um, for um, what's called International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day. The, the last part of the event, I wanted to give people time to kind of 
have some some time to just sort of readjust and to chat on keyboard as they wanted to, things like that. And so I played a music video of a song called Beautiful World by Eliza Gilkison. And I, and I played um, and share, shared the visual of um, these photographs um, that a person who put together a, um, this music video with photographs from different sources um, that complement the words, the lyrics. And one of the things that happened as that was going on um, was one of the participants in the workshop whose son had pretty recently died by suicide. Um, she said she had been asking her son to share some ladybugs with her. And sure enough, in this music video, there one of the one of the photos was two ladybugs you know and and i didn't know anything about this person longing for that uh -huh. in some sense needing that and then there it was um and and that was it was a really powerful experience that that somehow it's sort of like without me consciously knowing i was doing this i was you know, providing this experience that this person needed in a way that I would, could never have known. Well, if you're tuned in, those those connections are all around us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's very powerful. And I want to now jump back in time because one of, you know, it's funny because I've had so, 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 so many experiences with the counseling that we did at the center and that I do in my life outside of that now. And, and so I obviously don't remember all of the stories, but one of the stories that I always remember about you, um, and I'm bringing it up because I think at some point there may be some writing that you need to do as well, because you had this incredible phrase describing this person who came to the center and you were the counselor on duty and you, you met with this person one-on-one -on -one and it was a complicated um, concern that would have sparked a lot of judgment for- I think I know what you're talking about, but go on, Marcia. I think I think I know where you're going with this. Go ahead. It was, it was a complicated concern that would have sparked a lot of judgment um, from a lot of people in terms of what this person was grappling with. And, and I heard you, you know, as we were talking about it afterwards, you very graciously and elegantly described this person as exquisitely nerdy. <laughs> oh. And I well, love that I phrase. Probably, uh, I was probably projecting. <laughs> no, I mean, I saw the person and then I heard from you what the person was talking about. It was, it was very generous um, in terms of what somebody else might have said. <laughs> I remember he, he, wanted to, he wanted to stay there. He wanted to stay at headquarters that night. This particular person's concern related to sexual and family and not oh. a child. So I will say that part. Maybe, maybe I was thinking of someone else. <laughs> it's 
many of us are exquisitely nerdy. <laughs> to, to get the nerds mixed up sometimes. Right. I don't think I've ever heard anybody else use that pair of words. And it was just an amazing image of somebody being exquisitely nerdy. <laughs> So I'm just suggesting perhaps poetry is in terms of actual word poetry rather than through your other arts. Um, maybe it's something that's going to come again from you. <laughs> well, yeah, I do. I do some some writing. I, I don't do as much writing now as I used to. But um, as you mentioned earlier, I I still come up with titles for my paintings. Yes. Yes. And that in itself is a writing process. Yes. So the way that usually works is I'll, uh, I'll be in my studio, I'll be working away, and then all of a sudden I notice there's like a phrase in my head. It'll be a, a word or two, or sometimes it comes from a place that I can identify, like a song lyric. And then other places I have no idea where the phrase came from, but it will strike me in some way. Mm -hmm. And so I'll write it down. I usually write it down on the back of the canvas. And then maybe, you know, a few days later, I'll be in the studio again, and that'll happen to me another time. And then I'll write this new phrase down mm -hmm. underneath the previous phrase on the back of the canvas. And sometimes I have as many as, I don't know, a dozen or so phrases before the painting is finally finished. And then I just look at the back of the painting and I decide, oh, I think I like that one the best. That's the one that seems to kind of fit the most. And then I'll circle it and that, that's how I get the title for the painting. And do you but, leave uh, that on the back of the painting? All those, all those phrases that have come? I typically do. Yeah, I typically leave it on the back of the painting. So if someone ends up owning the piece, uh -huh. they're able to refer to that if they if they like to. I think um, that's very cool, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think some people wanna know all that. Maybe some people don't, you know, it depends. Mm -hmm. I, I like that a lot, yeah. Well, it's a lot uh, easier to title a piece of art going through a process like that than it is compared to what I used to do, which was make a whole bunch of art and then, oh, maybe the day before the exhibition decide what am I gonna call each of these things? And <laughs> <laughs> go through each one and try to come up with a title. It's, it's absurd, you know, it's, it's not good. Mm -hmm. so, I like to try to kind of do things organically if I can. I like to do things along the way. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna jump back to your music and say, would you like to play? Would you like me to pull up a piece? What would be your preference now? Well, maybe if you were to pull up one of the um, other pieces, Mm -hmm. uh, that'll give me time to retune my guitar because if I'm going to play something live again, Marcia, mm -hmm. I'm going to be using a different tuning. Okay. That'll take me a moment to, to retune. So maybe this is a good time for me to take a little break if you want to okay. play something, um, whatever you decide there. 
Okay, so you might mute your mic now while I pull up one of your songs. And I think I'm gonna go just from the start here. The song, The How and the When, um, and the album title is the name of you and your partner in this music. So it's DCKM. And you are the DC and Kirk Markaria, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, is the KM part. And so I am going to open this piece and we're gonna make it play. Yes, Zoom, help me here. <laughs> Thank you. 
And that piece was the how and the when from your album DCKM. And now we get to hear you, David Kreiner, live again. You're ready for more, okay. Yeah. All right. And what should I play? Uh, a brief history. Thank you. Thank you, Marsha. Amazing, it's amazing, wow. So will you tell us anything about the title related to that piece? A Brief History is the title of that song. 
-huh. And um, I'm going to have to owe something to Stephen Hawking for, for that one. He had a, a book that came out, I think, in the 80s. And it was called A Brief History of Time. I finally read it a couple of years ago. And um, it really kind of blew my mind in certain ways. Really amazing book um, about the universe and uh, I don't know, physics, All right. distance. So an ode to Stephen Hawking and a song from your new CD, Sun Cycle. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to imagine creating music like you do as well as the visual art. That's to me quite impressive. Um, a, a lot, a lot of heart and artistic gifts that that comes through you to share with people. Well, I I used to spend a lot more time just painting and less time on the music. Mm -hmm. um, but what I discovered was that the canvas, you know, was not enough. That I have, I have too many ideas. I have too many things that want to get out of my system. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been able to get them all out just through painting. So mm -hmm. um, I started putting more and more energy into music. Oh, about 20 years ago, I guess, is when it sort of got rekindled in me mm -hmm. and um it's it's really helped me you mm -hmm. know to have that because there isn't there isn't really um enough room in painting i don't think for for everything that i want to get out and I think of art as communication and connection. So I, I relate to the way you're describing that. Yeah. So I want to know what, like, what does a week look like? And I realize they're not all the same, but what does a week look like in your life with the variety of things, the projects and things that are personal life, things that you and I chatted about one of your favorite outside activity or maybe not a favorite but one of one of the your outside activities what 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 is the life of david and margie kreiner look like in a week what kinds of things are included that are really important to you yeah well i mean in addition to making art i teach you know so i work at um northeastern illinois university here in chicago i teach painting and drawing been doing that for a while um so that takes some of my time throughout the week, usually while, it's, while the semester is on. And uh, gosh, you know, I've got this dog over here. I know you can't see her, but she does, uh, you know, involve me quite a bit. Uh -huh. And of course with COVID, you know, we're not doing as much as we usually would. Um, but I've still been able to uh, do some recording. Mm -hmm. That's how I got the new album finished. The new album was finished during COVID, Sun Cycle. Mm -hmm. And um, I like to swim. 
I need to meditate every day. I want to prompt you to share with, with our listeners, when you say you like to swim, yeah. people think about laps in an indoor heated pool. I'd like you to say what, what your preferred swimming is. Oh, well, it's not so much what I prefer. <laughs> it's, it's, what, uh, it's what my options are at this point. Okay. I used to swim laps in a pool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but with COVID, I stopped swimming at the gym last spring, okay, because I just didn't feel safe going there anymore. Mm-hmm. And I went for a while uh, without really swimming. And, you know, I found other forms of exercise like yoga and running. But uh, swimming is what I have done since I was very young. And um, I feel like it's a, an integral part of me. Mm-hmm. So I started swimming in Lake Michigan last summer, decided to give it a chance and get back into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt like I really needed to get back into it just for my own well-being. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I started going there and I guess june or something like that you know it was warm and um i started to come across other people who were swimmers and uh then recently um well it got cold (laughs) in in about october or so it started to get cold here in chicago um but i discovered this this group of swimmers who uh go out to uh evanston or up north to Wilmette, I go there sometimes too. And they swim even when the water temperatures are in the 30s, like they are today, and um, spend some time, you know, swimming from like one end of the cove to the other and back, something like that. And then maybe have a fire going at the end and drink some hot cider. Nice. So yeah, it's it's a nice thing to have going on during this this you know crisis. Yeah. Did you swim like on teams when you were going yeah. to school? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I grew up as a swimmer. Yeah, all all through grade school and high school. Uh huh. Yeah. Played water polo in college for a little bit. Okay. Um, so swimming is something that's pretty ingrained in me and uh-huh. I can't imagine living somewhere where I would not be able to swim at all. I don't think I could handle it. <laughs> that's cool. That, that's yet another side, right? Another important part of how you maintain. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we have this, this physical existence, you know, in addition to a an emotional or a spiritual or intellectual existence. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and we have to somehow nurture all these sides of ourselves, I uh-huh. think, to uh-huh. be somewhat uh, content. Uh-huh. That's wonderful. So I want to make sure that we let people know how to find out more about you. And I'm also going to ask uh, when I when I look at the song titles that you had mentioned sharing, I think it would be wonderful before we end the show, um, whether it's through the recording or live, for people to hear the song "The Healer," 
because that's so relevant to these times. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you must do that right now or you must decide right this minute. I just wanted to, to acknowledge that, that, that I think in terms of the, that title, that it would be a lovely thing. Oh, sure thing. I'm, I'm with you. Thank you. Yeah. So you can be found, like most of us right now, virtually. <laughs> and what, what are the best ways for people to learn more about you? Really, the, uh, if, if you want to if you want to see more of my work, the best way to see it would be at davidkreiner.com. Uh -huh. So that's D-A-V-I-D-C-R-I-N-E-R. Com. Uh -huh. I'm also for, on Facebook and Instagram. And for people who are in the Chicago area, you, you, at this point, it still looks like you're going to have a show coming up in March. Is that what you said? In March? Yeah, yeah, it's on the calendar. Uh -huh. And um, the, the gallery has still been in operation throughout all of this, just in a, a more limited kind of way. Mm -hmm. so, not big crowds or anything like that. Mm -hmm. That's all of a gallery in March. Yeah. Okay. And we'll put a we'll put information about that. And your music is on. Where is the best Bandcamp, Bandcamp is the best place to find it. Okay. And you can find it under David Kreiner or DCKM. Okay. So there are lots of ways for people to get glimpses of your work and there will be a time when you will be traveling again and shows in different places. It just isn't right now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we do other things. Yeah. What are some of the fun places that you've been with your art or that your art has gotten with or without you? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I had a, a show about a year ago up in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin at the Thelma Sadoff Art Center. That was a lot of fun. That was really exciting. They asked me to perform there also. So I did that. Um, where else has, have things happened? Uh, the Ukrainian Institute of Modern Art here in Chicago. Uh, St. Xavier University in Chicago. Uh, gosh, I don't know. Uh, Do you know where some of your paintings and music have ended up? Do you have a sense of actually this person in New Zealand contacted me and they love my album or, you know, just yeah. things like that? Yeah, yeah, I usually do find out. Not always. Sometimes if I sell work through a gallery, I don't find out who the buyer is or where uh -huh. they're from. Uh -huh. But if they go through me, well, then sure. Yeah, uh -huh. I, I know who they are a little bit uh -huh. and you know what country they live in uh -huh. yeah. I think that that reach is really that's a, a very cool thing about where people are you know and they, it may be that they've moved from someplace to someplace else and and now your painting is suddenly in a country that it didn't start out in but that's where it is now and that's fun yeah it's a small world yeah, I have a friend who has written a book for children. Um, sadly, we were connected again through suicide that her husband, who was a Kansas City police officer, killed himself. And she later created this collaborative book with kid illustrations and stories 
so a book, uh, suicide bereavement book for kids, and it's called Good Night, Mr. Vincent Van Gogh. And indeed, her book is in the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam. Wow. So, yeah, so there's cool, there are cool things like that that happen, which to me, again, that's the importance of how art connects us, how art is a communication that's really important. And my guess is that as some of our podcast listeners turn to the different links that, that we provide, they're going to experience this, this range of paintings as well as your music and the colors and things that again, to me are very, very meaningful, particularly in this time, which sometimes feels rather bleak until we make sure that we notice some highlights. So I wanna ask about that song, The Healer. Is that one you would prefer to play live or should I get that through um, our link? Well, we've got it ready for the link. So maybe, maybe if people wanna hear how it sounds once it's recorded, uh, we'll give them a taste of that. Okay, so we are going to hear The Healer, which is from David Kreiner's album, Sun Cycle. And again, we cannot have too much healing in our lives at this point. So I will take this moment to pull up this song. and to share it with everybody now.
sounds wonderful. Thank you, Marsha. Yeah, thank you. Having me here. Thank you. And you know, when I when I talk to artists, which is when I do this podcast, um, I always say, and I really mean it, is we can and must support art. And in this case, buying the music is an easy thing to do. Um, gift it to somebody, gift it to yourself. We all need goodness in our life. And, and this music to me is part of that. Um, certainly look at images and those who have the ability to purchase amazing paintings for their collections, do that. <laughs> But my guess is of my listeners, more could buy music. <laughs> this has been so much fun, David. It's, it's great to, to have the opportunity, the excuse, I might say, to have a conversation with you after all this time, not just through keyboard. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been about 25 years, right? It's a long time. I, you know, I don't have a good sense of when things. You said you were in Lawrence in the 90s, and now it's 2020. Well, I left Lawrence in uh, spring of 96. Okay. Well, there you go. And have gone forth to create and lots of creativity coming in your future. And, and I'm looking forward to the time when it's not just once upon a time we used to travel, but we get to do that again. <laughs> Chicago is a good place. I have you and other friends who are there um, and, and hopefully there'll be connections that happen. So listeners, um, I'm gonna say again, we've been talking with David Kreiner and his website is one of those places to find him. Um, last name is C-R-I-N-E-R. So David, C-R-I-N-E-R.com. David, any things that you would like to say before we sign off with our listeners today? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm just very glad that you uh, invited me to do this and uh, it's been a real pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. And I always hope that our listeners enjoy it as much as we do having the conversations. It's really nice to hear. And I hope some of the little surprises of what was included brought some smiles to other people. And my hope is if when people are listening, if, if you didn't do it the first time you listened to those song pieces, let yourself listen to the songs again. And as you're listening to sit just with the stillness and be with the music and let that music really fill you up. Um, we, we need that. So again, thank you so much, David. Thank you listeners. And it's always my joy to do this and so long. <laughs>